Bun buns. You know that's what? That's me. That's me. You people would never ever put us together, but yet we are. Wait, uh, January, February, March, April. All of you. We are four months strong. We. This podcast is about to be going on as long as Drag Race season thirteen was, and I Ooh. think we're stronger and better than them, in my Ooh. opinion. You know who was robbed on season thirteen? Who? The audience. um which i'm excited to do this episode today because i want to ask kevin aviance about a legendary season if he would be interested in doing a legendary season Mm -hmm. kevin is a very legendary uh party hostess recording artist he had Mm -hmm. two big club well more than that uh, but the main club hits were a cover of George Tremelton's, I can't get the name wrong. Uh, din da da, boom, doom, 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 We play a little, and also Kunti, 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 which was a huge like voguing record back in oh, the Sound Factory course, days sure. in the 90s when yeah. Junior Vasquez ruled the wheels of steel and Kevin was, you know, an international, you know, recording artist and uh, all over the globe performing his hits. Yeah, you know, that's the thing. Like when Draggers came around, people only saw the thought, if I want to travel and tour the world, Draggers is the only way. And I'm like, you have people like Bunny, like Joey, like Kevin, like Sherry, like Peppermint, who are traveling the world way before Draggers. Like you guys made names for yourself before VH1, before Logo. I mean, RuPaul. <laughs> RuPaul. Um, you guys all made names for yourself without the help of Draggers. And it's so funny to me how people. I mean, now, obviously, it seems like a surefire way and like an easier way to do it. But, you know, you guys went the hard route and just fucking making yourselves known to the world. The interesting thing about um, Kevin's success is that, you know, before uh, Logo played Drag Race, they were a gay channel. Mm -hmm. Um, They didn't have the show Drag Race. And they would often show, you know, music videos, not comedy music videos, but original music by Peppermint, by Caswell. Oh, really? By, oh, yes. Uh, by, um, by uh, you know, Lady Gaga, who, who, who was just becoming, you know, popular. By Ari Gold. By, there were a couple of lesbian acts, or they would show, you know, the Macklemore gay marriage song. And, you know, so they, they had, you know, like a, in between programs, they would feature LGBT recording artists and their yeah. music and it gave them a big push 
Yeah, I mean, I, I, I would, I would think so, but that, that's so crazy. Imagine like you on logo on one minute you see Kevin Aviance. I mean, you see Kevin Aviance and you see Lady, Lady Gaga and you see Peppermint. But like, well, not Gaga being on logo before no one knew who she really was. Gag. Well, she, she they knew. I mean, but, but uh, you know, other artists that were like, you know, Kylie or whatever that were, mm-hmm. that were definitely, you know, targeting. LGBT crowd. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. Well, I'm excited to chat with Kevin and, and all of that. But you know what? Aside from all of that, Bunny, I'm just excited to spend an hour with you. Oh, Monet. <laughs> the excitement is making me puke. <laughs> On that note, we're going to talk to the stereo callers first and get their thoughts and opinions about nightlife, queerness after the pandemic Lovato. What is that all going to look like? Who knows? But I think our callers will know. This week on our on our podcast, we interviewed the lovely and I mean, New York City nightlife legend Kevin Aviance um, on the podcast, and we talked a lot about nightlife and queer nightlife and queer music artists. We want to know your thoughts about nightlife coming out of the pandemic, Lovato. What are you looking for? What will you not do? Like, are you going to start taking, um, making sure people are fully vaccinated before you suck somebody's dick in the stall? Like, what's good with what nightlife is going to look like after the pandemic? Oh my God, Bunny, the guy, Felix, Felix Berrios is back on the Uh -uh. calls. Not my baby. You better get him on here. I'm trying to get some dick. As soon as I get my second dose, I'm getting dick. And I just turned 21, so I bet she's going to go drink. Oh, Bunny, this is not the man for you. Bunny, this is not the man for you. (laughs) No. Oh, God. (laughs) No, No, this is not. No, honey. If he's 21, he's too young for me. And if he is... uh, (laughs) If if he wants dick, honey, I've got a full, fully functional vagina, and that's it. <laughs> Let's take another call, bitch. Come on, lady buddy, picking up the Jersey boys. Is Mr. Berrios from Jersey? No, that was Ozzy now. That was a call from Ozzy. Oh. I like Jersey boys, honey. Here in Manhattan, where we're all so jaded, we call them fresh meat. Well, do you get that thing? Because you, because, you know, anyone who lives in Manhattan, I've had this thing. I used to live up in Harlem where someone will hit you up on Grinder, and they're talking and talking and you're like, and you're like, um, what part of the city are you in? They're like, oh, I'm in Jersey. I'm like, don't fucking mess with me in Jersey. You're not coming across the fucking bridge and I'm not going over there. So, and, and also you knew by the time you hit me up, you knew your raggedy ass lived in New Jersey and you knew I lived in Manhattan. So why are you messaging me? I hate that shit. In per- certain parts of, of, of Manhattan, like the West Village, the, the Jersey is three stops, two stops. Mm-mm. To Weehawken, from the West Village to Weehawken. Well, not uptown. Uptown, the closest, it will always be Fort Lee, New Jersey. And there's no train. You got to get in your fucking car. And I'm not taking an Uber to Jersey to come see you. And you don't look like your fucking picture. And your dick ain't what I want it to be. Like, no, no. Well, if the, if the dick ain't what it works, I guess, I guess you need to get the right dick. And if you do, you'll go anywhere. 
Oh, this is true. Girl, one time I drove, when I had my car, I drove out to Central Islip for Dick Bunny. That's, for those of you who are not from New York, it's about like a, on like a good day with no traffic, it's at least like an hour and 20 minutes. And on with traffic is like two and a half hours. I was somewhere in the middle. It took me like two hours to get there. And bitch, when I got there, ghosted. He stopped responding. He did not, he completely just disappeared. I gagged. He probably saw you pulling up. (laughs) <laughs> probably girl let's take another call from justin kozak question for both of you inquiring minds want to know what percentage of your sexual encounters occur in drag versus out of drag um but i, I mean i can answer first i it, it when i was in new york like and gigging like working in new york like a lot after gigs, I used, to, I used to pick up guys in drag all the time, especially especially like around 10th Avenue and when I used to work downtown in the West Village. Guys they, uh, guys who are into that, they hang out around the bars and they, or they come inside and they, they don't have no fucking drink. They sit there. You know exactly who they are. You know that they're chasers. And then if they're, if they're fine and, and hot enough, bitch, absolutely. Like 1,000%. And so what percentage? Um, what percentage? Back... I would say a good 50-50, right in out. Yeah, I mean, if 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 I talking from talking about now, I mean, I haven't really been in drag that much, um, right. so it's, but I haven't had sex much either. <laughs> so right. uh, you, you, you know, uh, but in normal times, I guess 50-50 because you there's some that you meet in drag. And mm-hmm. you see see regularly, and then you know by right. the time you've known each other and they know that the sex is good, and they know you're not trying to rip them off or whatever. Right. Then, um, you know they uh, they'll say, "Oh, can't you just put on a little lipstick?" You know, and I'll be like, "Oh, oh girl, no, absolutely." I'll be like, "All I right, be sexy all right." For you. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 well, but you can train them to just like. Uh, you know, just just say, oh no, I wanna I wanna dress up sexy with you for when I get that big dick and stuff. Sorry, all that stuff. By the time you said that, they're on their way over, and the door exactly, goes girl. And, and you don't have on any drag, so you know you kind of played them. To be fair, I, when I'm not as Monet, I literally I, my my daily life. I'm in a sundress. I'm in like like I I I, I dress very non-binary. If if, if you want to put a label on it. Uh, my gender expression is very nebulous, so you can catch me walking to the street in a full-on dress or a gown. You know what I mean? And I, I, I also get my nails done with acrylics some uh, sometimes. So my ex- gender expression is very, very, very like whatever. It's like all over the place. Yeah, my waist is very nebulous. <laughs> I wish your mouth was nebulous. Let's take. Oh my God, Felix Barrio. Okay, so if, if those of you wanted to know this whole Barrios thing, uh, last week Felix Barrios left the call, a voice and Bunny was like, "Oh my God, his voice is so hot." Blah 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 blah. Bunny was like, "That's my man. That's my boo." But he left the voicemail today, and he is 21 years old, and I don't think he's what Bunny's looking for. But he left another message, Bunny. I'm sure this is for you. Girl, I might be 21, but I'll fuck you like I'm 40, you know? Ooh! (laughs) (laughs) So, buddy, he's saying that that he can fuck you like he's half your age. 
Yes, and then last week he said that I'm going to be his wifey if I can cook. So, I mean, this sounds good because I can cook and I like to get... Mm -hmm. yeah. That sounds good. <laughs> that sounds good. We have a call from John Wells. First place I'm going once things are looking safe is the Eagle in New York. That's it. Okay. I've never been to the Eagle. That's like that's like the sex one, right? It's the one that has a, a, like a back room or used to. I haven't been there in ages, but um, yeah, it's like a horny uh, guys club, leather, chaps, all that stuff. You know, like um, police uniforms and you know, like a like a leather bar. And uh, Got it. and I, I, I wonder. I, I was I was I was kind of wanting to ask the caller. Um, I mean, I guess you, I don't even know their status of reopening, but have you stayed away from bars because you weren't vaccinated? I mean, that, that's not unreasonable. I mean, I, I've been vaccinated and I will go and work occasionally in a, in a club, but um, I haven't really gone indoors to eat or to go to a club since being vaccinated. So it is interesting to hear what different people's concerns because you know it's like we did this thing going to clubs all of our lives and then we stopped mm -hmm. for one year lordy how mm -hmm. we stopped <laughs> and know. you know I now know. now we're forced to go you know back into it and you know, the, the one little tale that i tell is like i go get coffee to go at um, a restaurant so after last week they were letting people in there um, without masks and I was just getting mine to go and I turned around there were people in the same room with me indoors without masks and I was like oh, oh, you know and then I was like oh my god help and rushed out of there quickly and then I thought bitch how are you ever going to meet some man and kiss him I mean Girl. you know it's like I, I mean, you know, you're scared by seeing someone without a mask on. I mean, it's been a year of like, you're going to die in a hospital alone without even being able to see your parents except on a fucking Zoom call. I mean, this is this is what, you know, we've been faced with. It's it's pretty traumatic. So I wonder how quickly people are just going to throw caution to the wind, because on one hand, I know we're all dying to, but, you know, on the other hand, we don't want this year of precautions to go to waste and get yeah. it as it ebbs away. So it almost, not getting it almost sometimes feels like a responsibility. Yeah, yeah, I would agree with that. Hi, Monet. Hi, Lady Funny. I love you guys so much. What a blessing it is that you guys have created this podcast. Um, anyways, my question Aww. is, how do you guys think nightlife will be after the pandemic, after the pandemic? Um, a lot of my friends anticipate that it's gonna be somewhat like the 70s, 80s type of era again. I'm hoping, I would love that, but I'm just curious as to what your guys' thoughts is. Mm, what do you think, Bonnie? I'm, I'm, well, I, I mean, I'm hoping that it would. That's my era, the 70s yeah. and 80s. That's when yeah. I was turning 21 and um, the 1880s uh, and the 1870s. <laughs> the, um, so I hear a lot of people, like I get asked this in interviews where they say after the pandemic, they're going to come rolling back like the roaring 20s. And I'm yeah. like, well, I hope that that's true. I don't know what the evidence is 
to support that because A, people don't have a lot of money. So if these clubs start trying to pull this bullshit VIP, charge you $500 for a bottle of uh, alcohol that you know costs $30 mm-hmm. in a store, I don't think this is the economy to spring that shit on. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And we, we talked a lot about this with... Um, with uh with Kevin Aviance actually he was yeah Kevin was talking about like um the heyday of clubs and like what it's all gonna look like and he thinks so too he thinks that he thinks that clubs are gonna go back to like well he 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 envisions he wants to see like like big like clubs like like dance clubs not like you know in New York I called industry uh, a a club with a dance floor and Bunny and Kevin, like, it was literally, I heard, like, the record scratch. They're like, girl, you are crazy. No, we mean, like, the Pyramid or Sound Factory, like, actually, like, huge-ass clubs with DJs. Like, that's what they're talking about. And, I mean, I would I would definitely be into that. I, w- I would love that. But you need, like, a yeah, lot of drugs I mean, for that, I feel. Well, you really, you, I mean, you, a lot of people like a lot of drugs. Some people like a little. But, so... What I'm seeing now as we're trying to reopen is they are, I mean, just the coffee shop on the corner, finally, it's huge. Like, they could easily put someone in the back, in the middle, in the front, and they would be 20 feet away from each other. Only today did they enable me to sit in there, and I felt okay sitting in there because I've had both vaccines. It's been two weeks. So, um, yeah, I, I... at the Monster where I DJ, they have little plexi. They make you sit at tables, so there's no dancing. And mm. uh, they, um, and I'll be doing it again this Sunday. And they, uh, you know, they serve food, drink, and you can hear the music, but you can't get up and dance. And if you get up, you have to put your masks on to go to the bathroom. At Monster? performers. Yeah, and Brenda Darling, who performs... She wears a mask. I wear a mask. So it's kind of like all the employees wear masks. So right. it's, it's going to be a while before, I hope we, get, we go back to the 70s and 80s and clubbing and everyone's clubbing. It's a big part of everyone's lives. But we're yeah. not even fully reopened yet. And, and it, it seems to me like every time we reopen, cases go up. Every time we shut yeah. down, cases go down. And the, the vaccine is the only real new equation in, uh, I mean, the only new thing in the, that equation. So let's hope it hurry up and works. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We only have like two more. Let's jump to Juicy Bimbo. If you're having sex and drag and your wig falls off, do you just slap it back on like nothing ever happened or what? Bitch. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> it I've depends on the guy. Yeah. It depends on the guy. I mean, my hair is a little long, so it's not going to be like big blonde wig to blonde. So I could always pull it out of a ponytail and like flip it out and, and have it look, you know, sh- shoulder length. I mean, it's not going to look like one of those giant wigs that I wear, but, you know, whatever. We we try to keep the dick hard. I mean, I've been there. I've literally been sucking the guy's dick and the wig fell off. And, you know, and I am a bald man. His wig, his wig <laughs> fell off. <laughs> I was so good his wig fell off now and I am a bald man but in this moment I hadn't shaved my head in a while so I wasn't a bald man I was a balding man so it was just a stark difference and bitch he just kept on going like he acted like nothing didn't happen girl and I was like I, this looks crazy but whatever I got that nut well, uh, 
Yeah, I know, but your father's a different case. <laughs> I mean, you, you were blowing your dad, so it's really not, you know, he knows you in both ways. <laughs> Guys, we're going to take our last call. Um, and I think, let's do Danny, Danny J- um, Junta. Hey, Bonnie. Ooh, hello. Ooh. Uh, this is Danny from Sydney. Since Bonnie's found love in Felix, how about, Mo, you come to Australia and I take you on a date and we start a little love affair ourselves. Oh, my God. Okay, Danny's voice is very fucking sexy. Danny, send me a DM right now. Um, with your picture, and, and just in case your profile is private, and maybe we can get that popping. You know, I love Australia, and maybe, Bunny, wasn't his voice so sexy? I'm like, I'm like a little verklempt. It was very sexy. I, I, he probably meant the call for me, but um, you go ahead and enjoy your moment. <laughs> Danny, send that DM. Oh my goodness. Okay, this has, in my mind, in my brain, this has been a a meeting I have been dying to have for years working in New York City. Ladies and gentlemen, one of the great artists of New York City, of the queer scene, of music in general, please make some noise for the electric, the gorgeous, the talented, (laughs) Kevin Aviance. Hi, Kevin. What's up, girl? How you doing? <laughs> uh, don't get me excited on this podcast, Kevin. Okay. You know I don't kaka. I don't know what you're talking about. Girl. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm so glad that I, Monet, I could use my many showbiz connections to rope in a talent of Kevin Aviance. Caliban. When, when Buddy calls, you better hop, bitch. Da da dim doo tika doom tika tika boom boom boom. Okay, so my one of my first experiences, I was I would think I was about fourteen years old. No, I was maybe maybe not fourteen, maybe sixteen, and I heard one of your tracks, and I remember like it was the first time I had heard. Well, obviously, I'd heard queer music before, like RuPaul's work and stuff like that, but but I didn't identify with it, and I was still struggling with, with my own whatever. But I remember queer hearing music, you... girl. What are you talking about? Queer music? Huh? Queer music? You call it? Okay. By like, well, well, what? by well, music by a <laughs> music by a queer artist, because well, oh, mu- music by an out and loud and proud gay person is what I'm is, is what I'm saying. Because before. Yeah. You know, there are speculations of all these people in Hollywood and what they do and what they suck and what they eat. But, you know, you were bold and your music was fucking good. It was electric and it's everything. Please tell these, inform these kids how the legend of Kevin Aviance was birthed from Richmond, Virginia. Um, So it started in fifth grade. Oh, um, I did my first drag show there. Um, Wait, in fifth grade? Yeah. (laughs) I sang I Will Survive live. Um, I had a really high voice, and I won the competition at my elementary school. Oh, what? In drag? In drag. Oh, my Word. Lord. Oh, my I God. So How was that you fine? But it was really like, it wasn't falsetto. It was like a voice, you know? Right, yeah. right. So yeah. your family didn't shun you away from They were like, baby. Well, 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 wait, 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 wait. 
I okay, stole my okay, sister's, okay. I, I stole my sister's dress. It was green, had flowers <laughs> on it, and it was all up to here, like up to up to. Yeah, what do you call those dresses with the buttons in the front and the buttons in the front and the cap sleeves and the long gown, and uh-huh. um, and I wore. I stole a babushka from my mother, like a, a scarf. I wore it like this, like this on my head, and I made uh-huh. my mom come bring her fashion fair fat makeup to the to the school. I said, "Mama, beat my face." She said, "How do you know my person's my makeup?" I, said, oh I always leave my makeup at home. I said, I put it in your purse. She goes, Kevin, oh my God, what are you doing? I said, well, mom, I'm going to win this competition. You better win it. I don't want to hear anything about it. <laughs> oh and she God. said, and if you don't win, I, your father better not hear nothing about this, whatever. She said, and I'm not holding your hand. Forget it, okay? I was like, okay, mom, whatever. And um, I love I that. Stole, Tough love. I, I mean, I stole, yeah. yeah, she always was like that. And then she said, um, she said, well, go do what you got to do. You know, I can't tell you what to do. And so the music, you know, how this music starts. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Dramatic as hell. I was petrified. <laughs> I didn't come out yet. And then I walk out. Can you get how you did me wrong? And I threw wrong. And I learned how to get it. And so you're back. The whole auditorium <laughs> was like, <laughs> What is going on oh here? I laid on the ground. I got up. I, did, 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 I acted the whole thing out. And I, did, and I got a standing ovation, and I won the competition. Wow. Were, were heels in play at this platform time or shoes. just makeup and a dress? It was platform, platform shoes. Yeah, my sister's shoes. platform shoes, yeah. Very and, high ones. Very, like, steep ones, yeah. And, oh, and what, I and love this story. This is what amazing. about uh, boobs? I didn't know. I was flat chested. I was Be- doing the boobs. No, because no, no, you know, I, th- I mean, you, you're, you're. You, when Monet introduced you and said something about queer music, obviously the terms are different between yes. Monet's and our generation. <laughs> and I'm even older than you, so that's another generation too. But I was having this discussion with Peppermint recently mm. about queer and that word, and and you know, so if. If the queer was adopted, you know, it used to be an anti-gay slur. Mm-hmm. So if you were coming up in my age group, you and someone would say, take that, you fucking queer, right. uh, you know, or queer bait or, you know, wh- whatever. So like in, right before you were bashed. And so then yeah. in order to include, you know, gay, lesbian, bi, trans, whatever, they change it to queer mm-hmm. to be more inclusive. But sometimes the younger ones don't know what those, the, the word queers, <laughs> negative connotations that I'm kind of like hell we invent we're creative people why don't we just invent a new word that with the, but anyway whatever sometimes but i wanted to just say that we we didn't obsess back in the 90s when you were busting out as a record androgynous recording artist but you that was definitely part of your appeal there were no boobs so you kept with right. your childhood there was not always a tuck right Never there was yeah, and Never there was, attack. Yeah, there, there was you let it all hang out. Usually yeah. there, there there was a lot of body bearing, so it was mm-hmm. androgynous and yet sexual as well, mm-hmm. not like a you know whitewashed uh, RuPaul. No, uh, no it was it, 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 <laughs> oh it, 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 it was sexual and it was you know there's also probably less wigs than just your bald head, but often you know like sculptural headdresses right. Right. along with it and, and and the highest heels. Right, the highest heel always. Always, yeah. always, always, always. And yep. so, 
so so what do you attribute that like how did you how did that type of exp- of expression birth from you like was were you like my I, I want to be androgynous okay my mother was the most incredible thing in the world she I, I, there's not a day that goes by I don't talk about this woman she's no longer with us but she mm-hmm. was the most incredible she was a magician a doctor a, a lawyer she was, could do everything this woman could mm-hmm. do everything and she protected all eight of her kids you know mm-hmm. so especially me so she kept me like I didn't have to go out on the playground or anything. Are I you the youngest? Huh? No, I'm, the, I'm number six. Two hundred. Number six. Okay. And um, she, I go down the, I can go down to the basement and listen to my you know, five thousand albums that I had for my brothers and sisters, and mm-hmm. that was my playground. So when she would come downstairs, I'd be lip syncing to, you know. Barbara Streisand, and she's like, "Oh, I love that white woman. She could sing." You know what I mean? <laughs> she was like, she was just one of these people that just allowed me to be what I wanted to be uh, during that time, play as I wanted to, and and just do things I wanted to, do and not have to like um, conform to being like on the playground or or a, or, a, or on a team or on a football team or any of that stuff. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. that that was like, and I. And also did a lot of talent shows, so that kind of helped out a lot. You know what I mean? And ballet and voice classes and stuff like that. And choir, church was major, major, major. Um, it wasn't until I moved out um, that I moved to D.C. and I started doing hair. And then I found my boyfriend, who I moved there with, with some other guy, some other black kid. Mm-hmm. And because um, he was Caucasian. And... Uh, I almost killed them. Uh, <laughs> um, oh, then, young love. And, uh, <laughs> but then the reason that he broke up with me because I started wearing hair weaves. And oh. I had long hair extensions. I started with like one little, two little pieces. And then uh-huh. he did the traditional name. Two or three pieces. And then I had a full Naomi Campbell. Okay. <laughs> and he was not well for that. And I was so happy to have this Indian hair. And I was like. Word. Rebby, honey. That Rebby. Meshing that little bit of hair I had on top. On top. <laughs> over the track. You know what I mean? And then, um, uh, and wait, then, how, how long did it take to go from one or two extensions to Naomi Campbell? I went, it took <laughs> like five months. <laughs> so A you gradual. hit DC and you got some hair. I got some hair. And honey, you couldn't tell me, this is when the hair was not, did they treat the hair now, right? So it didn't tangle. This is back when they didn't treat it and it would be like the hair would, the, the wind would hit it and be like, tangle, tangle right away. <laughs> I would just gag. But anyway, so you, you kept it oiled and straight and everything like that. So yeah. um, it was, uh, and then I started to um, do the clubs um, in, in DC. DC. Got it. And uh, there were the black clubs and then there were the white clubs. Okay. The white now, clubs DC were- is the first club, DC is the first state I ever went to, and they had, like, as, as a drag race girl. And it's the first club I've ever been to in any city in all my years being on Draggers now, almost four years now, that it was like a predominantly black club. And I have never been invited to or performed at like black clubs in anywhere else except for D.C. D.C. and the black club. That's because your own people don't like you, Monet. (laughs) (laughs) You have to go outside. This is not this is before ballroom ever for me. This is so mm-hmm. I've always had these black clubs, black lesbians, black trans, all that stuff. It was part of DC, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? And so they used to have the the black Knob Hill was a black strip joint, and then they had the um, yes, you know, the clubhouse, which is like the, the only house. It would open up at five in the morning and play until 
9, 30, 10. So we used to go to the clubhouse, like you was like, and listen to like Alternate and, and like the Ah uh, uh, Ooh record and all that stuff. It was like real house music. Roberta Flack, Ah uh, yeah, uh, Ooh, Ooh, look out. Here it yes. is. I used to live with that record girl. I did too. And um, something's wrong. I think I used to love that stuff. And, and of course, um, Alternate is from nearby Baltimore. She's the right. house legend who sings, because you're free to do and what so you the want to do. So the Boys are also from deep Baltimore. And right. then all the, you know, this is the, this is the whole sound that's coming out of D.C. and Baltimore of this house music. And it's mostly coming, and it's going to New York, but it's, I haven't been to New York yet. And then we had that whole scene. So I'm dancing, having a great time and everything. And then I remember going to tracks on an alternative night, which is white, white, young college night, but they call it alternative night, listening to Depeche Mode and all that stuff and the Smiths and everything. And, uh, you know, that kind of music and Susie and the Banshees and everything. And so uh-huh. I'm living for it. And then found myself in the volleyball pit and the song Black Betty comes on. And Black Betty I'm by like, who? By Raw Jam. Go on, Black Betty, rambling. Go on, Black Betty, rambling. Black Betty had a child, rambling. Down thing on wild. I used to live for this record. I jumped into a trash can, put the <laughs> put the put the thing over top of my head, the the lid. Uh-huh. Go, Black Betty, rambling. Go, Black Betty had a child, rambling. Down wild. They hired me the next time to do a party there, and word, so that's how word. I started. I was like all goth made up and stuff like that. And I was like, okay, so I have to give a look. So I was like, mm, maybe I'll do Diana Ross. So I did Diana Ross with a backpack on my back. And, you know, that was like the look for now. And then I met these kids and. Diana he, Ross with a backpack on Yeah, the I was back? like, that's, that's what I was doing. Diana Ross with a backpack. You, over, backpacks were really big back then. I was just, like, uh, type of backpack okay. was really big. So I would wear a jam sport. But I, was, but I was young. No, 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 a backpack. It was like, um, we had, uh, what were those backpacks called? They were like, not a Jan Sport. No, it was oh. something like, like, I mean, it was red. It had, it had, we had put some jewels on it or something. It you know, I'm a fat bitch, and I, fat bitches can't be having backpacks on because you be looking crazy. Like, when, like a, when, when a big girl has a backpack, it needs to be a big backpack. When I, well, big girl, bitches with little backpacks on look crazy, and I refuse to be that girl. Bunny, stop I, I have to admit something. This is... <laughs> This is when uh, I started playing with, um, you know, uh, extra cru- extracurricular activities. Uh-huh. And um, I before, right before club, becoming a club kid, and I didn't know what I was doing. And I was doing the, um, you know, the C word. And it was just like, that was the thing I, do, I would do at the mm-hmm. time. Didn't we and, all? And um, I didn't know that it was bad. I just, I just did it. But I just threw mine into a huge bong. So that in my backpack would be that bong. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Word. So, so that's so why I'm, Diana had a backpack. <laughs> <laughs> Got so it. Then, and, go ahead. And so then no, I uh, met these I'm, four I'm, I'm, white kids that th- th- they, we liked each other. They liked me a lot. They, and they took me to their house in only Maryland. Um, Jean-Philippe Aviance and uh, Paul and Didi and uh, this other girl. And they took me to their house and they said, listen, you should be doing that. That's not cool. That stuff is really crazy. Why don't you just do acid? I said, oh, my acid? God. That is so, she's like such a, listen, this, girl, put the, put the, that is crazy to jump to acid from cocaine. 
I know, but what? you have to understand something. I was like, well, I just don't, I didn't know what acid was. I was like, listen, you're never going to touch that stuff again, and you're going to have so much fun with us. So, like, you were Honey, I did that, and the, I saw the pink elephants and the blue elephants, <laughs> and we were outside, and we were throwing water in the air, and it would drop down like crystals, and I was just like, oh, my God, my life Whoa. has changed. This is amazing. And then all of a sudden, I got dressed different. I was doing Dan Ross, and then all of a sudden, I was just like, no, let me do something different. And I was just do like, you know, I chopped the wig off and did something short and whatever, mm. and wore an afro or something like that. I don't know what it did, but... um can't remember and then we started doing these parties and then i started going to new york to go to sound factory and that mm. girl was a kiki because sound <laughs> factory my first time sound factory was a nightclub in new york city on 27th 10th and 11th um this was mostly a after hours place that opened four 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 thirty in the morning you go get in da, 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 and it won't start to like six six thirty okay six six thirty people are just getting their their thing on and then they're going. Well, when I first started going to that club, people were kind of make fun of me. I wasn't, wasn't up to par yet. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I was like this little country bumpkin, I guess. I remember. What going age, to approximately? Like 20? This is 20. I was like okay. 20, 21. Then what? I started going to, then I went to Pat Fields for the first time. Ah. And that girl changed your life. Changed my life. So Word. I had to buy myself the green, a green bodysuit with this like lace up. And a fake fur coat, a really big fake fur coat, and white thigh-high boots. Work. And I am just feeling. I get to the club that night, and people are like, "This work, bitch." Like, okay, she's coming through. Well, you know what? You, you, you and RuPaul, in my mind, are the first two androgynous black singers that I knew. Like, I never. I never seen well Grace Jones, uh, obviously. Um, it's but a were you and RuPaul ever in competition? <laughs> we'll get to that in a second. <laughs> <laughs> Y'all can't see this, but Kevin just did the Oli's uh, cl- uh, clearing my fake bangs moment. <laughs> so it, th- this Girl. was the time of of Junior Vasquez ruling yes. as a DJ, but, but, as a producer. But, um, you mentioned, but but he's a part of the House of Extravagance. This is a different kind of Junior. This is Junior coming from Larry Levan. This is Junior that's young. This is Junior that's giving you, tell him that I want to make love to him tonight. Like music, right. you know what I mean? Uh-huh. Mm. This is Junior playing a song for like 10 minutes and, and going in and out and Gypsy Woman and all this crazy stuff. You know what I mean? Like really, Soulful really like, Junior. Yeah, really, junior. really like breaking records. You know, like he would break records and it would just be like amazing. But then, um, yeah, that's, that, that's the time. It was great. Then Sound Factory closed. But during that time, Everybody used to perform at the end of the night. So it'd be like ballerinas, because ballerinas used to go there and or or some sort of dance, some sort of performer, or some sort of girl, whatever. Mm-hmm. We'd always do a number at the end of the night. Finally, one night I go dressed up as like this Star Trekky stock thing, platform shoes on, and like this bodysuit and these eyebrows on, like painted on. And and then I was under, I was under a pen light and they were playing the pressure. And by um, and I would, I love the song The Pressure and my back is again and so I was just starting to I started to lip sync the record I didn't realize the light was on me and uh-huh. people were like looking at me and I'm like <laughs> I opened my eyes and they were just like okay girl what's this They're like what you gonna do now you know and then mm-hmm. I said okay here we go we're gonna do this so I did it and after I was finished Junior came down and brought me flowers from the DJ booth Junior never came out of the booth for anyone. And he came down and he gave me flowers, and that began, that began the, my, um, our relationship with each other. So, 
And I mean, you, this was, the Sound Factory was like, if you were male and gay or just really wanted to know the scene, uh, this was the spot that you would come in from other cities to be with these men, to hear this music, to be with these queens. To be, I mean, this this was this was like the after hours to end all after hours, right? Yeah, and you had a, yeah. a long run at parties. Was it arena? Where I mean, yeah. you were. This was the party, and you were the house queen. Right. You know, linked up with Junior right. and uh, all that. And yeah. you mentioned John Philippe Aviance earlier, who went on to be a producer of. John Philippe is, is is part of the House of Aviance, obviously. Yes, he, is. he was okay. our first yeah. DJ in our house. Yes. Well, well oh, but, so just for the people listening, so the House of Aviance, are you you were the father of the or the father or the mother no, of the House of I'm Aviance? The eldest daughter of the House of Aviance. <laughs> eldest daughter. Okay, so you That's came it. in, so you didn't start because obviously, no. you know, you, you are one of if not the most famous Avion. So I, one would assume that you are, but you're the eldest daughter of the House eldest of Avion. The person Got who it. discovered me was my mother, Juan Aviance. He discovered Juan me. Juan Aviance, okay. Yes, not Junior and not anybody else. Juan Aviance gave me my name and... And um, we couldn't find my, my first name was Grape Soda, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> I got into that. Grape that Soda. Grape Soda was my first name. I like that. And, I like that. And that didn't work out too well. And um, <laughs> I, yeah, it didn't work out too well. And then um, Grape Soda. And I'm now Kevin Aviance. And it's so oh, funny. I've, I've taken off the wig and everything. But I still have eyebrows. And it was, I'm so young. And that's, that's clear. Would you, so, would you, will we ever see the House of Aviance? Because uh, are you familiar with the show Legendary on HBO? Would they have all No, these- you will not see the House of Aviance do that. We're not, we're okay. not, a, we're not a ball walking house. Got um, it. Ha- I have walked my balls. I had finally got my tens. The first time we walked the ball, they said, me and Robert Mugler, who's the Mugler now, Robert Mugler, um, they told, we went to, we came to New York to do the Mark Barroom and they, we walked down, first time up in drag, they said, oh, giddy up, giddy up, giddy up, Clydesdale, giddy up. <laughs> Linda Blair, Linda Blair, Linda Blair. I was like this, what? Girl, they, yeah, we had these black dresses on with like glue jewels on, they let us have it, girl. These little kid, these little kid uh, little, what do you call it, a kid caboodle. Kim heels, yeah, yeah biscuits. Yeah. It was not the look, girl. They let us have it. So I've always been so afraid of the ballroom after that. And so um, till later on, making music for the ballroom. And mm-hmm. that's when I actually got my I mean, I, your music was the ballroom. Well, it became the ballroom. It changed, it changed, Dindada changed, made the new way of hand performance. So I've seen reference to this. The, oh, so the hand performance is just the hand gestures yeah. as, as as its own little subcategory of right hand Bogan. performance used to okay so there was old way that's mm-hmm. the, that's the 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 like that the old egyptian i think i call uh-huh. it and then the hand performance is when they were like doing all the all the, the clicking, new way uh-huh. all okay. the clicking all the, the the double all this thing and then they were doing it to the beat so that became hand performance. It eventually turns into the stem queen performance, what they're used to now. But Kunti has always been okay. Shifting guess to Kunti. Yeah. Okay, Kunti. So so yeah. so you re, so you record Kunti, and uh-huh. are you like in in recording this song? You're like this song is gonna be it. Like, did you record Kunti? Be, obviously, because of cultural influences and Kunti, what was going on in the time. Kunti was a from what I hear. Kunti. Okay. So when I was asked to do Steve Travolta. Um, well, someone asked, asked you to do it. Yeah. Steve Travolta Got said, it. would you work with this guy? Jarrell Black wants to work with you, which, is, which, which was rageous um, uh, for Strictly Rhythm. Frank Lou Fuentes had done a song with him, Jack and Jill, da-da-da-da. And so 
I was like, yeah, I'll go, I'll go meet with him. So I met with him. When I got to his house, he had chicken and grape soda. I was like, okay, girl. So we had chicken and some grape <laughs> soda. And he goes, um, okay, so I have something to play for you. He, he, so he started playing. This is where we had cassettes, right? So he used mm-hmm. to put the cassette in. What's a, and, what's a cassette? I'm kidding. Shut up, bitch. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> Kevin, I wish I could see Kevin's face right now. Kevin's about to jump through the screen and slap the fuck out of me. Be my guest. <laughs> Join the club. Girl. So if she plays it on the cassette for you. It's the cassette right here. Dun, dun. I said, oh, girl, what is that? Dun, dun. <laughs> Ow, bitch. Dun, dun. Oh, girl, that is nasty. I said, that is love. I live for I live for it. And he goes, he goes, what did you think of it? I said, girl, this thing is cunty. He goes, well, that's the name of the rocker, bitch. Word. And the, only, the only way I know the word cunty is that the, the Saturday before, sun, when do you go people go to PR? On Saturday or Sunday? Well, Saturday they went to the pier or Sunday. They were always at the pier, but Sunday was the big day at the pier, right? Was it Sunday? Well, Saturday nights. Uh, it Saturday is, night, Sunday, okay. Weekends. So I was at the pier, and um, these two uh, young little little princesses, little boys, they were in front of this mirror, broken mirror on a chair, and they were going, "Ooh, girl, I'm cunty, I'm cunty. Ooh, girl, I'm cunty, I'm cunty." I just sat there and watched them the whole time, going. What are they going through? And they were like, yes, girl, I'm cunty. No, I'm cunty, girl, I'm cunty. I said, cunty, write that down. And I just left it at that. <laughs> and Word. so when I heard when I heard this song, I said, yeah, this girl, this song is cunty. He goes, well, that's the name of the track. And so he played it some more, and I was like, feeling like a lily, the rose, well, and he goes, let's record. And then so, we, so he put me, girl, we went into the kitchen. He put me. <laughs> He had girl. This is this, these are tricks. He went to the kitchen. He pulls the um this sink, a sink, like uh-huh. a sink, a big deep sink up. Puts the microphone through the sink. Uh-huh. Okay. He says, "You want to sing into this?" And I said, "Okay." He goes, <laughs> just, he goes, just 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 but do it on the beat because this is when they had to. It was different back then. We was doing no computers. We had to record it on a. On a track, on a, um, you had to get it right. Yeah, you had to get it right. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, there wasn't on a four track, four track, four track, on a four track. And this is oh, your wow. first record, Curtis. Yes, first record, right? First Mind record. you, the first time I recorded though was with Junior, and Junior told me I couldn't sing my way out of a plastic bag. Okay. Oh god. And I'm like this going. You're gonna eat those words one day. I'm gonna and make you, you eat. Sure the fuck I'm you. gonna make you eat those words, and when I do, you're going to eat them. I mean, really <laughs> eat them. Do you understand me? He goes. <laughs> Whatever, girl. I'll see you tonight. See you next week. I said, okay, whatever. So then I recorded Cunty and then um, and then did Cunty and then Junior was going to break it for us. And this is when we were at Tunnel now. And just sound back to his clothes. Now Junior's moved to the Tunnel. He had the record for eight weeks and did not play it. And so on the eighth week, we walked out of the club. Word. So, Me so every friend. night, every night you would go. You're like, they're gonna play tonight. They're gonna play tonight. He did right, it. He did. Be, he did yes. it. Yes. And people, and it already started. And it already started with the kids. Cause I had given it out to some of the kids. Oh. So they were like taking cassettes and passing it out. But Junior had to break it. I needed the song broken. Yeah. So, so he finally. So we walked out of the club that night. And as we were walking right, I remember walking right out the door. I hear. I was like, this bitch. I said, girl, she's played it now. And we were running back. And he dragged it out, dragged it out. And we are just, oh, 
But the thing about Dendada is that I lip synced Dendada for years. That was a lip sync record for me. I used to lip sync that song all the time. And so when I said I wanted to redo it, they were like, oh, yeah, right. I said, okay. I said, well, why not? I think I can do it. And then we did the first, I did the first recording with um, Louis Ballo, and it didn't come out well. And then I did the second recording with uh, Gomi, and Gomi had me work with a jazz vocalist. And um, oh. and the jazz vocalist was like, "Boy, you can scat. <laughs> you have natural. Uh-huh. You can you can scat. Nat- like you could do this naturally. You didn't know you could." I said, "No, I didn't know I could do that." She said, "Come on." So she would help me with the scale back and forth. She said, "Now oh. do the song," and I could do this. The song was just like, like she's like, "See, you totally do it." It's about you know knowing your placement of everything. Yeah, but make it your own. It's about a feeling. Make it, make it come out of you. Don't just do the record. Make it like come from your body. And um, so I did that, and that's the recording of Dendada. I have so also. Go- and also, Go I got ahead. approval from George Krantz to do it too. He gave me approval to do it. He gave me who sang the who recorded the original yeah, Dindana. The original one. Who was he? Only got and no reason he did it because he was a drummer and he used to test his drums with the microphone. Da 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 And somebody made a song out of it. They took the book and made a song out of it. Yeah. Interesting. Now, a, a lot of people, Junior Gomi is was the programmer for Junior Vasquez yes. at that time, and yes. a lot of people who've worked with Junior or gotten you know breaks with Junior, recorded with Junior, you know they have they have stories, you know because we, honey, if you were around back then, you we all had stories. I mean, it was it was a time. Smoke and mirrors, know. girl. Smoke and mirrors, girl. But, but so. So after after that, uh, the, the junior playing Kunti, was he then supportive of your music? Were you junior, still working junior, with him? Because you, junior, I mean, you were also the the house queen. Junior and I, I made a point with Junior. Anybody that touched Junior's life would be it would be detrimental to their lives. So I made it a point of never be friends with him. I never went to dinner with him. I never sat around and talked to him. I never ever once became his friend, okay? Right. I kept it business, and that's it. That's why, to this day, I can still work with this man and never have to worry about a, a damn thing at all because it was always just me, him, and the dance floor, and the club, that's it. I don't care about anything else. Mm-hmm. I don't want to be his friend. I didn't want to be, and that's a lot. And I would tell this to his face and say, listen, you turn your friends out, girl. I don't want to be your friend. I don't want to be around you. I don't need to be around He'd be like, he thought I was, he thought I was making jokes. I was like, I'm serious. I don't want to be around you. You're not nice. You know, I'm mm-hmm. not gonna, I'm not gonna, <laughs> you know, chop my toes off, the, the, you know, to make you look good. You know what I mean? You're not gonna do that. We can do it together, and we can work together, and we don't need to be friends. For, for, so for those, when, for those listening who don't know, Junior Vasquez was like an iconic New York City DJ and producer. He like used to remix all the big records, and they would get really big after he would DJ like superstar, basically. He's yeah. Like, you know. Yeah, I mean, he would, he would pull. Your record was on its way when yeah. he started playing it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so yeah. he played all of them from then on, from Dindada no, to. He would play, but then I would have to go through the same rigmarole, you know, of every like, time. Record. Yeah, because he never really, he never remixed any of my records. So um, until Alive, and it's still the ones that got, the, that wasn't the big hit. It was the, um, 
Victor's Victor's remix, which he would not play, so he had to make his own remix. You know what I mean? But it's like it's uh, fine. You know, Junior and I are very. I, I respect the man. I love him very dearly. And but I just don't. I just when it comes to business and being like being part of his world and all that, I I won't I won't have anything to do with it. You know, not at all. And this is the same energy that you and RuPaul have. Um. <laughs> You know, you okay, so I lived for RuPaul. Lived for RuPaul. Mm-hmm. And this is the like this is you're coming from a coming from the South and you know, seeing Star Booty and all this yeah. stuff and knowing his history and everything. I used to live for this queen. I mean, when especially when he started putting records out before mm-hmm. before Supermodel. Um and I just used to know like the all the, you know, all ins and outs. I knew about Bunny, I knew all the details magazine, all that stuff. So I had all that, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Um so Rue was like this. When Rue came to D.C. To, to perform Star Booty, I was so happy because I was finally get to see, you know, this black queen. Because, look, the fact of the matter is in every fierce city is the fierce black queen. So RuPaul was New York. So I was like, God, can I wait to see this queen? The queen of New and York. And she came, she came to see, you know, she came to do the show. It was good. And I loved it. And she was all right. And, you know, she wasn't really that nice. But it was like, it was fine. She didn't know me. I didn't know her. We got to meet each other again. I'm working at Palladium, and she's performing at Palladium. Mm-hmm. And um, <laughs> I go back to say, you know, welcome to the club, you know, just to be, because I'm the host of the night, and um, mm-hmm. just to say hi to her. She, she slammed the door in my face so fiercely, girl. Really? I was like, she's there. Bam! I was like, what just happened? Oh my God. So, and then the next time we meet again, it's in, I don't know what city it was. She was doing Saturday night, I was doing Friday night. And um, it wasn't, that wasn't cute either. Um, so I just had this bad thing with her. And then, you know, uh, she was Bunny Bobby her- pissed her off. Bunny Bobby had RuPaul upset about some bullshit. I don't oh, know. yeah, blame me. Uh-huh, no, blame Rue me. Rue was just very, you know what I think it was? Rue was just very focused on Rue and anything else that that came between. The, it's not like now. It's, it's a different kind of Rue. It's a different kind of, mm. you know, it was a different kind of drama going on with her then. I don't know what it was, but, you know. And was this, were, were these encounters like after Supermodel, before? Right after Supermodel, yeah. Okay. After Supermodel, yeah. And then. Ari Gold was, uh, rest his soul, he was the one, because they were really good friends. And, you know, he said, oh, RuPaul, you should talk. And, da, da, da. and I said, oh, I'm going to do it. And then Drag Race started. And then she does th- she does this thing about the legendary queens. And I gagged. And I said, I can't believe Ru just put me on her show. I'm gagged. I was because like, you hadn't had greatest experiences no, with her? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So then I was just like, okay, girl, all right, I see you now. You better work, girl. <laughs> you know, because I was just like, that was really shocked me. It shocked me that she put my name up there. And I was just like, wow. Well, I mean, like, because I think that regardless of like whatever experiences like we all have with each, with each other in nightlife, like you cannot deny who the greats are. You know, you, Bunny, uh, Joe Riarius, Candace, all you guys who contribute to the fabric of that made nightlife what it is and actually and our gateways to why it is on tv because it is so profound you know what i mean so to discount that would be crazy so there's no way you can yeah but there's no i did your girl i got yeah. <laughs> you know i sat there from that tv like this <laughs> no i don't know why here yeah and all uh, my friends were like this girl did you see? yeah girl i just saw that what the word. hell i said oh lord what's gonna happen like, i didn't know what was gonna happen i said those just the weirdest thing 
because Rue was just, I was just like, I, girl, I did a song <laughs> with these other girls, and I said, what did you do? And my, my thing was, like, what did you think I was coming down here to sing the hook? What did you think I was rude, Paul, or something like that? <laughs> okay, I mean, come on. I was just like one of those kind of, those things where I was just like, she just gagged me so hard. Yeah. And then I see her after that. She's very, she's very nice to me, very sweet. And, um, and that's it, you know? <laughs> People, you know, there's been so many times. So I, I used to drive. I used to work at the Monster every Sunday night, and um, like a handful of times, I would be getting out of my car, and you know, I I, I would do bald looks a lot back then, and stuff like that. And people, every time I would be out, it would, like clockwork, at least once a month, there'll be some dude. I would get out of my car, and they'll be like, Kevin, and my boy name is Kevin, and then I would be like, <laughs> Oh. Yeah, I'm like, who? Hi, hi. and we're like, Kevin, how you doing, girl? I'm like, I was, and they would carry on these conversations with me, and then I would be like, oh my god, they think I'm Kevin Aviat, <laughs> all like at least once a month down at the monster. So that explains something, girl. <laughs> yeah. you're on your on your show, and lady brought my name up. You were like, you were like, 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 like oblivious to my name. You're like, when? Kevin Aviat on the show when Bunny was on the. Remember Bunny? Do you remember that? Oh, y'all were no. just playing around. Y'all were probably being playing. silly. Oh, okay. Because I was gagging. I was like, well, I thought she was a New York queen. And then yeah, yeah. We're probably there. being silly. Bunny and I were probably being some, doing some stupid oh, bit. Y'all did not yeah. drink, girl. No, y'all I, I have somebody, you. Girl. I have you in many of my numbers. Uh, like, I, I have I, you in, like, my mixes. Oh, oh my yeah. God. I have to say something, though. What? So, I'm going through YouTube. This is so bad. It's such an awful thing to say. Such an awful thing to say. Oh, but Lord. I go through all of that, and I didn't know, I really didn't know who Bob Jackson was at the time. Oh. And she did a tribute to me. I don't me. know who she is now. She did a tribute <laughs> to me at Esquilita, okay? She, I guess she did me, but she did my, and she did me. And I was like, girl, what is that? Do I look like that? <laughs> I was like... No, girl, that's not me. Don't tell people you're me. Are you kidding me? Do the songs, but don't say you're doing tribute to me, girl. Kevin, I am literally girl. The breath just left my body. I I am fucking girls impersonating like fiercely. You're fierce impersonators out there, but girl, I was like, she did that wrong, girl. That was really bad. Well, that's why should why should that be different from Bob's other bad acts? Um, I mean, just because he, just because like, you gave him some good material. I mean, you know. It, um, no, I, I no, literally, this, I was I like, wow. They, I wish I could take this down because it's not. <laughs> <laughs> no, okay. it's just, I, no, it's just that I just didn't understand it. I was like, wow, Kevin, would I I'm wear that? Dead. Kevin, I am dead. Kevin, I am dead. Yeah, I, I really got. And I love Bob. Don't get me wrong. I live for Bob. But I'm just like. But before then, I was like, "Were no." <laughs> so, now, speaking ahead, of um, uh, YouTube, I rewatched the Dindada video and the Kunti uh-huh. video, and um, you know, we always joke. After Sherry Vine put one video up, up years ago, and she said, "Oh, never read the comments." There's one that just says wrinkles. And that was their only comment. So the, the comments can be brutal. And, and I don't always like reading them on my own videos, but I thought I would take this opportunity to torment you with a few of the comments on Dendara video, which stood out. One word to describe Miss Kevin, legend, a fucking legend in the club. She kept the girls voguing down with her anthems back in the days. <laughs> Another said... Um, 
uh, I left White Party early and saw him perform Dindana when uh, it was without the props in this video, and to the, which is you're beating on these giant drums. It's a great video by Ralph Modica. And to this day, probably the most impressive solo performance I've ever seen. Wow, he was Lord. a staple at Junior's Arena at Palladium, and I enjoyed every performance he shared. And <laughs> I love these two. Gay, straight, man, woman, no matter what, he slayed this song, period. <laughs> Another one is, I don't know what it is, but it's better than Soldier Boy. And that's really <laughs> all I ask. <laughs> but the, 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 one that, the, the ones that I think, you know, since we're talking a little bit about the drag race, the ones that I think are so funny are, are the ones like these. Bibi Zahara's Lost Sister. Bibi did a performance where she's banging on drums on Drag Race or, or some African. Oh, okay. I didn't know that. I thought maybe it was just because of the doom, 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 doom. You could, it just it sounds like that. And then uh, someone else said, Take that, Nina Flowers. Uh, and I'm like, Wait a minute. What why, why do you always have? I mean, I, I get it that Drag Race is huge, but why does everyone have to view all drag through the prism of Drag Race? Because that's I mean, their only lens, that's yeah, their only reference. They don't know to, anything else. You have to know one thing. There's one thing I will say. Drag race say I'm thinking, buddy and I, you and I talked about this in, in P-Town. I said, girl, I didn't know what things were going. I was coming back to New York and I said, you know, the whole drag race girls, they really make me nervous because I'm not one of those girls. And then she goes, Kevin, don't worry about it, girl. Don't sweat. Let's don't sweat that stuff. I was like, are you sure, buddy? She's like, Kevin, just do your thing. Don't worry about it. You'll be fine. You'll be fine. I mean, she didn't say it like that, but basically that's what she said, yeah. you know. You know, she was she was out of drag in daylight, so, you know, she... Well, well I think also, uh, 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 because you guys just, like, you like you and Sherry and Bunny, for example, you guys, Joey, you guys bring... Like, a lot of the Drag Race girls don't... Yes, they have music out, but they don't do their music live and in person. You guys are... That is your thing. Like, that, that is your talent. That is your art. You guys are amazing live performers. So, it's, like, so refreshing. And as a Drag Race girl, I can say it, it's so refreshing to go to a show and... <laughs> Have y'all who are like literally doing like your gift, your 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 music, like live in person to like it's like tangible as opposed to go buy my single. Now let me lip sync this Whitney Houston song. You know what what, what really um what really stood out to me was going to the pyramid and um everyone at the pyramid the pyramid was a place where performance art started. So in the world, the, the performance start, whether the museum, whether the, the pyramid was it, right? Mm -hmm. And so you would go see these girls and they would be like doing the most obscure, like crazy ass performance. Like you have no idea. I've seen shows by some of the, one of the fierce, do you remember the, those, um, uh, uh, the black queens, um, um, when they did the heads of the, of the, of the wig dolls? Do you remember that? Mm, I don't oh. know those. They did the the wigs and they came. Frida? Pop, there was what? Frida? The living no, doll? No, not Frida. It was um, it was uh, Ebony Jet. No, Ebony oh, yeah. Jet and and some other two other girls. And um, they were like they were like sitting. They were like on a counter, but they were just like wig heads, and they they had wigs on their heads. <laughs> and somebody came to try on wigs, and when the person left, they would read them. <laughs> it was so good. Oh like, my god! I just talked to Ebony last night. She lives really? in San Francisco now. Yeah, I love oh her. I she doesn't do drag anymore, but she's a she was one of the pyramid yeah. girls for sure. I mean, yeah, and what was the other one's name that lives in Boston now? Um, oh, Aphrodite. 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 Ooh, beautiful, 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 face. stunning. Wait, stunning, so, so, stunning. so Kevin, so what? So what is your thought on Drag Race? Like, are you? How, how do you feel about the show? 
Do you feel you like know, it's at good point, for Jurassic Park? I wanted to do it, to be honest with you. Oh, um, work. I wanted to be on it, but I didn't think Rue was going to allow me to be on it, so I talked myself out of it. But um, I was going to submit and everything. And just wanted That would have been fair. Kevin, that would have been... If you walked on a season of Drag Race, people would not be able to take. It would I be love a good competition, girl, for first of all. I love me a good competition. So it's just like that That would just be like so much fun for me. Um, but um, I don't know where that would fit right now in my life or what mm-hmm. we do. I would do it. I would do it because I would just want to do it. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm just like, I love, I love competition. I love, I think that's yeah. really fun. I think it's healthy. I just wished um, they, I don't know. I just think it'd be hot to have somebody older on there and just doing something. You know what I mean? Oh, I think they should have a legendary season. There should be a, there should be the legendary season and it could be, uh, it, you know, cause they do like the all-stars thing. There should be the legendary season, but I know Bunny said she would never go on, but I can I see think it should be drag queens. I think, I, I do think the judges should be drag queens, the drag queens one season. Like it should it was a legendary like, season. It definitely should not be Michelle and Carson and right. Ross. It should, it should be, be other judges. Should be, I agree. I think it'd be drag or, queens. Or Rue. Yeah. You know, I just you know what I mean? <laughs> no you know what way. I mean? Rue has to be a judge. I just think, I just think it would be really interesting to have the peers on there and just like, you know, there's a story of drag that's not told, and that's the dirty panties story, I call it. So, the dirty um, panties? Yeah, the dirty panties. So it's like, the, I'm just saying that, and just, just in general. So, drag queen working every night, you know, she's a little funky, but she still looks uh-huh. fierce and everything. Like that. It's just a southern thing. Well, anyway, so, um, I always think about, I want to see the dirty panties. I want to see the grit. I want to see the drama. I want to see all the, the ups and downs of the drag queen, not just so much as her going up. I just want to see all the drama. You know what I mean? Like the whole, yeah. the whole, like, um, the grit of it. You know what I mean? I mean, the drag yeah, queen, well, I know. Go ahead. Th- there's not a lot of grit with the, I, I mean, there's, uh, drag you know, is so, that grit. Dra- drag is so grit. earnest now. It's so yeah. like it's so you know mainstream that I miss the mystery and I miss the danger of yeah. characters like Kevin Aviance mm-hmm. or you know Grace Jones, where you know you didn't exact. It wasn't all spelled out for you. It was like yeah. you know it was it wasn't obvious. It wasn't you know a hashtag. It was like this creature you know with yeah. this supreme confidence. And it was of the night. It was of the 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 the, the, the nightclubs. It yeah. was it was just like a totally different, you know, vibe that I you know I found totally fascinating. You know, do y'all I mean, think I, that that now it's out the bottle? Do you think it will it it, will, it can never go back? Right. I mean, we mean. It can do anything, anything I guess. Yeah. I mean, things are, I mean, everything, New York is always evolving. You know, I always yeah. think New York is always, and people say, oh, the New York club stopped. Well, they didn't really stop. They just changed. You know what I mean? And you can still girl. get, I know, girl, Jenny, <laughs> I know. But I never stopped working. Did you stop working? No. So just, no, you know. No, I didn't. I didn't. So, and, and, but, you know, it's like, it's like, it did change, but it's just like, at the same time, you know. I really, I really have this great belief, you know, what comes out of all this drama will be something punk rock and really great. And I think the clubs are going to, you know, something of the clubs are going to come back or something's going to happen. And it's going to, I hope to God, I pray to God that that was, that's what's happened in the history of life, of nightlife here in New York. So hopefully that's going to happen and be there. Will I be up doing performing? Hopefully they'll have my old ass, but you know, at the same time, you know, we'll see. We'll see. I want to tell people about the the lifestyle that we experience. I mean, I'm not sure. 
I mean, like you on a, on a stage, you know, just as your E or if the audience's E is kicking in and you're saying, come children into this like nether world, you know, I mean, you had, you had your own lingo. I mean, it was very, you know, seductive or, or, you know, just this, the fact that Amanda and, you know, all these other club personalities would be handed a stack of drink tickets to go into this huge you know, before palladium before we took over palladium they used to hire me to come in at nine o'clock from nine until three i my job was to scare the straight people <laughs> to get on their nerves and to let them know that they are leaving at three o'clock because the gay boys were coming in and the oh. boys could stay but the girls had to go work Okay, so it was like very that. So I would go at 10 o'clock, you know, there'd be some raggedy rag drag and be like, oh, you just get on people's nerves. Just like really get on me. I had security, <laughs> I had security watch out for me. And when something would happen, I was security, da da da, and kick them out, whatever keeps me. That's the truth. This is the truth. And then, yeah. and then three o'clock coming I around. I think back then like, it was that people were queer, gay people were protective of those spaces because straight people were saying, you all monsters, you're all going to die of AIDS. Fuck you. So it's like, get out of our well, space. Also, also, you know, the, to be honest with you, the, the bridge and tunnel they were called and they were Jersey like, folk. They, they were there to, um, you know, to, to pay for everything. You know what I mean? Because they would yeah. pay all this money, you know? And so the gay boys would come through on after hours and it would be like, okay, you know, let's do this, you know? And then the boys, those boys, you know, that would be left over would be high on ecstasy and then everybody would do their la-las and carry-ons mm-hmm. and then it'd be a fierce party. But I would work all night long, all night long, but it was fun. It was incredible. Palladium was, right. I love that place. I love Palladium. I've never been, I don't know. I remember Junior reportedly at Sound Factory turning off the music and saying, if one more fish comes up to me, meaning a woman, not in in the complimentary fishy, you look like a woman, cunty way, that I'm going to, you know, take that. I mean, that was a thing. Yeah. Like in, in like there there were men's environments where drag queens were celebrated and hired, but women weren't really welcome. Unless they were unless they had their fierce fags around them. You know, like right. Sonia. Yeah. Sonia. Because the fags would keep you <laughs> <laughs> keep Sonia and those girls, yeah. The fags they, keep they them alive. Fag they weren't fag hags. They, yeah, they, for they, even they were but Even days when I was performing in the city, you know, it's just like you, you see these bridge and tunnel folk and oftentimes uh, straight white women, they just they think that they have stock in your fucking show. It's like, bitch, you don't own my show. Sit down and enjoy. You don't get to come Little. on stage, pull my wig, pull my dress, try, make me take your shot. No, you don't get to There's do something that. something to be said about these straight people, though. These are the straight people, though, that come to these clubs and saw all this happening and they went on to do festivals and make these big events and they become big DJs and then, you know, they're, they're not actually for performers anymore they become the artists they become the artists they become the you know the djs become the artists now they have not they have like kicked the artists down to down there's no more you know black the black diva soul singers anymore and so you know those straight people really took something that was gay circuit parties and made it into these huge festivals and really like took that it's amazing how they did that you know what i mean i never thought about it like that wow and flourished you know what i mean and they weren't doing big parties like that before they weren't please come on Mm. they got that stuff from circuit parties and and i never thought about that oh my god they got it from the bags oh my god it's like everything else girl you know black people and gay people just be influencing the world i mean damn 
Yeah. I love doing um, the um, Met Gala. They did the camp one. And my favorite uh-huh. outfit was Letha, Lethea White. What was her name? Lethea, um, Le- Lena Le- Wave? Lena Wave, yeah. Lena Wave. She wears With that, that cape. thing. She says, she says, black drag queens are the ones that made camp. Yeah, black drag queens yeah. are the ones that started. That was my favorite outfit, too. In that whole yeah, game. Yeah. Black drag queens are the ones. Um, my favorite was Ruse. <laughs> I think Ruse looks really cute. Girl, there was Girl. nothing camp about that outfit. That was the awful. One time, even the even Ruse on even up. the one time she could have turned everyone mistake <laughs> and let them have it was that Met Ball girl, and she did not do it. A rendition she was. A rendition she was. Well, I think what it was, she was always in drag, so she's like, oh, I'm going to shock them and do it as a No, honey. Uh, uh, She's not always in drag. No, she's not. That's the one time she could have paid those girls them coins to get her ass up in drag, (laughs) to have the lights put on her properly, and to do it right then and there, girl. That was the time to do it, because Billy Porter did not deserve that, girl. Sorry. (laughs) Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but is there, is, there, is there anything that you want to promote? And anything on May um, 5th, my new single's out called oh. Mary. Mary, um, okay. Mary. Um, it's, it's the nursery rhyme. Yes, uh, Mary Word. had a lamb. It's called Mary the Lamb. It comes out on the fifth on my own label and um, work on everyone all streaming platforms and everything. So I'm and what's your Insta and your Twitter? Uh, my Insta is Kevin Aviance, and my Twitter is not. I don't do it, girl. Okay, <laughs> it's just like so Aviance is one V, so A V I A N C E. First name yeah. Kevin is on on the Insta She's for y'all so to follow the music. Me. Yeah, and I also you've been DJing these hot sets on Instagram, and Thank I just happened to, to turn. No, no, I mean, I'm gonna cry. I'm gonna cry. Stop, 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 stop. Wait, 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 stop. Oh, no. no, you have great Bunny, taste in music. And you're, right. Oh my God. No, oh you have God. great taste in music. And I mean, it's <laughs> the, the sound is great. And you are having a blast. I mean, that that is a party. I want to ask you about this, Kevin. A lot of people like to. Oh, girl! Girl, she's multi talented. She'll get on the stage, get behind the DJ. Girl, calls, the write, kids don't do it anymore. Write a song, all of it. Cody, I love like you that. so much. Thank I you. love you too, darling. I you so much. You have no idea. You just Same like, here. You have, you have always been one, not on my side, but just to have pushed me and 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 mentored me and it just really you are I swear, everything you say to me, everything you you just you're tuned in, the way you speak, the way you are, the way you're person is you drag out of drag i don't care i just i respect it and so so for you to say this to me girl you just gave me something that i did not expect i just thank you so much oh you are well well honey i love talent i want to ask you something you know a lot of people have different theories of you know what happened to that gigantic club world where we were given stacks of drink tickets to be in front of what 500 900 people at clubs like the roxy at clubs like tunnel palladium i mean these were like football field size clubs 
I don't think people really understand a world where you throw on a look and you might go to five clubs in one yeah, night. Yeah, they had no idea I mean, that. You know, this was yeah. like a real, it was a pulsing, vibrant. It would just thrill me to know that There's a spot people, to dance. Yes, and that there, there's, <laughs> there's that to, a place to go wild and that people still wanted to be with each other. Right, mm -hmm. right, right. Or come to New York to, to do those things. You know what I mean? For that one reason. I just want to go clubbing in New York. People used to come to New York just to go clubbing. Just to, just to go clubbing and leave the city right afterwards. So it's kind of like, you know, I miss all that too, Bunny. I miss all of it. I just... I mean, I think for coming from my ass, I think people, maybe people don't come, again, I've always been here, so I don't know that experience of having to come here to, to party. But I mean, as a younger New Yorker, I used to go out and party. And I think even when I was in drag, I, I used to have to go to three and four clubs a night to work. Uh, yeah, go. she said five, honey. I don't mean to work. I don't mean to work though. I mean to yeah. to dead. make the scene because yeah. it was People worth making. You go, you hang out, you 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 start to pieces, then you walk over to go, but to go to Boots and Saddle, then you end your house. Name one. At Do industry. any of those places have dance floors? No. Industry does. No, I'm talking about the uh, night circle bra, then going to the. <laughs> we're talking well, about. And, and we're I talking about younger walking kids, in. For younger kids, when they go out, they will go to they will go to either Stage Forty Eight when they have like those big functions, like big parties, or you go to like Pacha. Pacha Pacha would open at like fucking at like six a.m. and go until one one p.m. the next day. Yeah, but I think she's more talking about like going to the world and going to going to um you know the limelight and then going to you know the to the break afterwards and then going to you oh know, god yes like oh, people yeah. would go people would go out until like you start on Thursday and you're out until Tuesday like, yes it was, a lifestyle. It, it, it was like a lifestyle and you know like, and we had our own. You know, music, it wasn't what you would never hear what was on the radio in a club. No, never, if you did, never, you'd never, want your never, money never, back. Never. And so we had our Pretty artists like Kevin mm -hmm. Aviance. We had, our, you know, actually, Rue's supermodel was played in the club, but never as the musical version that was on the radio. The only one was that they took just one word work, work, yeah. do, do, work, right. do, do, do. And, and, you know, it was like, it, it was, I mean, we, you mentioned the, the soul divas. I mean, I don't know that people understand what it was like to have those you know what, alternatives who might since get started, a main... Since I started DJing, know. I've been like going through all the music that's out right now. And there are all these new singers that are out now. And they are so incredible. And they're giving you old school girls. You know, they're giving you that drama, you know, vocals and fierce, you know, middles and ends and singing on top. There's a lot of fierce music. That's why I think that... Things are going to be okay, you know what I mean? Because I hear the music that people are producing, and I'm like, this going, okay, okay. Well, you know, why would they be producing this record if they didn't think gay, gay people weren't going to dance to it? You know what I mean? I just don't. I just think it's interesting yeah. that you would say that because I really think that, you know, there's a lot of new stuff that's out that's just like really beautiful lyrics. You would love it. You would love it. You probably heard of it, but. I, love I think I sometimes I think gays slept on the music more than anyone. Yeah, yeah they did. They went. They I went Abercrombie and Fitch, girl. They went Abercrombie. Yeah, it's just like they they, <laughs> they, yeah. they want top forty, and you know, look, I'll yeah. DJ for all different ages, and if that's what they want, that's what I give them. But it was like You're right. I, to, to, the, the, or whatever, right? <laughs> wow. Oh, oh, we thought we were so. We thought we were in. Well, we were in paradise because of this underground club right. cult. 
culture. I, I know I have relocated for a little bit to LA, but when I come back to New York, awesome. when the world opens up again, I would definitely love to come see a Kevin Aviance DJ set. Where are you? Where, uh, well, I'm on Instagram. I guess when, I'm on Instagram. Instagram. We'll be on tonight. Um, I think I'm going to do before Sunday the, nights. Yeah, so Sunday nights. You know. So usually about 9.30 p.m. on Sunday nights. It's 9.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, Sunday yeah. nights, the DJ set. Work. Yeah. Thank you so much, Kevin. Thank this you. was Thank a pleasure. You, this was a joy. Uh-huh. Thank you. <laughs> Kevin, 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 which is my name. I, I, I know I, I said it like three times during the interview, but um, it, well, it's so funny that as his stage name, which I should have asked him about, as his stage name, he chose like a regular schmegula, uh, not to be confused with smegma, um, just a, like Kevin, Kevin Aviance. Like I would not think to call, if I was going to make a name, I would not say Kevin, you know? Well, it's a casual name, but back then you probably, no, actually his real name wasn't Kevin. No, it wasn't. It's something else. Yeah. I don't know. I don't, I, we should have asked him about that. We should well, have. It's your fault. I mean, what's, what, what, yeah, I know it's my fault. What, what's interesting is that Aviance, you know, summons up a, you know, vintage perfume and, mm-hmm. you know, Kevin's more like the boy next door, but we never, maybe that's what he sees him as. Yes. Sees he sees himself, himself as. as Regardless, but, it was a great interview, and it was so funny. That Bob shit fucking threw me off the hill. That shit was so funny. I know. Kevin is a riot. And uh, look out for his new music. He is yeah. releasing Mary coming up soon. And do oh, catch yeah. Kevin Aviance's Instagram mm-hmm. DJ live things, because he is pulling out the rare grooves, new and old. I'm a DJ and I was like, where is he getting his music? It was really good. (laughs) And he's really, really into it. So it does transport you back to that 90s uh, feel. It does. Just watching his Instagram live things. Also, his Instagram is at K-E-V-I-N-A-V-I-A-N-C-E. Sometimes people think it's two A's or whatever, but it's K-E-V-I-N-A-V-I-A-N-C-E. Kevin Aviance. Well, Bunny, I hope you have a good weekend. I hope that you have a good, lovely spring in New York City. And I'm going to be in New York in like a few weeks. Maybe you and I can have a nice social distance lunch or something and talk shit about Jay, our producer. Uh, that's okay. I'm going to be busy. I mean, I'm not exactly sure when you're going to be here, but I'm pretty sure that I'll be busy. (laughs) (laughs) Fuck you, bitch. (laughs) I will see you next time for Ebony. And irony. And we are going to work on that, guys, and finish that Oh, my God, yes. It's all my fault. Listen, Bunny has done all the things. I, y'all, have not written my lyrics. It is literally all my fault. So well, I'm going to do moving. this. Well, you've been moving. You've been moving. We don't yeah, want to yeah. rush it. We don't want to rush perfection. This is true. All right. Bye, y'all. Bye. Podcast Network.